It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. This is the first episode that I've recorded since returning back to Los Angeles from my annual road trip. I have done two, actually, maybe three or four episodes would count for road trip 2023 episodes. It was a two-part story, I suppose, of my drive from Los Angeles out to the East Coast. So I will link to those in the description if you would like to listen to them. I detailed all the places I went the national parks, the national monuments, the adventures, the mishaps. And then I also did an episode when I got COVID on the East Coast. So I guess that kind of counts. And then my fourth was an episode on Plant-Based World Expo and the Natural Products Expo East, in which I talked about all the different products I tried at those trade shows. So all four of those episodes will be linked in the description if you are curious. This episode will be about my drive back to Los Angeles. For those of you who like hearing the stories, want to hear more, I went to a national forest. One thing that is still a little confusing to me is like all of these national areas in the United States, in other countries, they all have like different names and types. And I have this wonderful pass called the America the Beautiful Interagency Annual Pass, which is $79.99 a year. I will link to that if you are curious about it. Essentially, that pass gets you unlimited access to these parks. So I renewed mine. You get a new pass every year. And I got a new one. And this year, or the next 12 months while my pass is valid, I plan to visit lots of places. So I will share some of that with you. I have some stories about adventures I went on with friends and family, with my dog, Evie. I did this trip in my electric car. I did some camping. I did, let's see, Airbnbs I went to. I mean, a lot happened that I'm going to share with you. And the video is being recorded for this I record live in the private Beyond Measure community, which if you're unfamiliar with it, I have been running for about three and a half years. It is free to join. It is linked in the description. And essentially that community serves as an alternative for me to social media. I haven't been using social media much at all in 2023. I've also talked about that on a number of episodes with and without guests. I've had some really great people come on the show to talk about social media and their opinions on it. But I started Beyond Measure in 2020 because I really wanted to create a private community that wasn't dependent on algorithms, that wasn't full of random people, strangers, trolls, haters. I wanted a safe place, not just for me, but for others. I really value psychological safety. And in 2022, I became a certified emotional well-being coach 
and learned so much more about mental health, which has always been the subject of this podcast. And that really drove me more to wanting to do as much as I can to support others with their own psychological safety. So that's what Beyond Measure has been. It continues to evolve. I have some plans developing for 2024. You're always welcome to come check it out. And if you have already been in there in the past, know that it's constantly changing. (laughs) It is always taking shape. And a lot of the feedback from people like you really helps shift it. So I bring it up not just because I want to tell you about it, but also that's where I'm recording live right now. Most of these episodes where I'm by myself without a guest, I record live in front of Beyond Measure members so that we can all come together. They can share their thoughts and their feedback, their questions in real time. And I would love to have you part of it if you're interested. So again, the link is in the description if you would like to check that out. So I think that is all the context I wanted to give. Let me share my screen and we'll get started with today's episode. I already did get started with today's episode. I don't even know why I framed it that way. (laughs) It's funny, like sometimes I say things and then think about them and I'm like, that didn't even make sense. So we're just going to continue on with this. And I mentioned the video too, by the way, because right now I'm sharing visuals. I'm sharing the visuals not only because visuals are nice, but as a reminder for me about what happened on this trip since I left my parents' home. On October 31st on Halloween, 2023, is when I departed the East Coast officially, although it's hard to say I fully departed it because I just started driving to the South. I was on the northern part of the East Coast of Massachusetts, where I grew up, where my parents still live. And then I started going down the coast before I headed west back to California. I've done this trip many times. It continues to evolve, but there's a lot of overlap. So if you've listened to previous episodes, some of this might sound familiar, although every year is a little bit different. Every year is an evolution of travel. People are evolving. I'm evolved. So much is changing. And that's part of what makes these trips really interesting to do over and over again. This is my fourth time in a row every year. I've been doing it in the end of summer, beginning of, well, I guess, yeah, fall and almost winter. Time seems to be flying by. So the first thing on the screen, and if you're not watching the video, by the way, it's available to be on Measure Members. It will be on YouTube eventually is my hope. But if you're not watching that or you're unable to see it, you can also find images within the blog post version of this, which is at wellevator.com. That's linked below and spelled W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. I'll put some of the photos in here, not all of them, because there's a lot. And if photos and visuals are unaccessible to you for accessibility reasons, I will describe them to you so you can imagine for yourself the journey. All right, so this first image is at my parents' house, which is so pretty. My parents have this beautiful property in Massachusetts, and I really try to savor it. But no matter how hard I try, it still feels like time goes by incredibly fast. And before I know it, I'm back on the road. This next image is in Maryland, which was my first stop on this road trip. I visited some family members, spent a lot of great time with them, with my dog, by the water. And that was just absolutely beautiful. I savor visiting them. These family members are on the older side. So I never know when the last time I will spend with them. I really cherish 
these experiences of visiting them every year, but there's always kind of this bittersweet feeling of like, is this the last time? I remember what it was like the last time I was at my grandfather's house when he was alive. I got to go back after he passed away, but it just wasn't the same. Things are always changing, but when people leave our lives for one reason or another, the places just feel very different. So I really tried to be present and take all of that in and all these little moments, like even with my dog, Evie, she's 14. She's a senior dog. I don't know how much longer she'll be around in my life. Speaking of savoring family and savory food <laughs> comes up next. This, this next image is of homemade pierogies. So one thing that you may not know about me is that my mother's side of the family is Ukrainian. So my mother is, I don't know if I would say half Ukrainian. Her father, I guess she's half Ukrainian, if I'm doing math correctly. Her father was 100% Ukrainian. And actually the family I visited in Maryland was related and also half Ukrainian. And so I grew up with some Ukrainian influence. My mother always cherishes that and would bring it up moments of my life. And one thing that was really prevalent was pierogies. And my mother grew up calling them pideha, which I learned is spelled P-E-D-E-H-E-H. It's actually pretty rare terminology. Most people call them pierogies, but pierogies are actually from various parts of the world I've learned over time. There's all different terminology. So it's been kind of interesting. But this year, for the very first time, my mom made pierogies. I'll just call them that. Although if she listened to this episode, she'd be really annoyed that I called them pierogies. She'd be like, no, they're called pideha. But I'm going to call them pierogies. It's easier to say and understand, I think. <laughs> so I encouraged my mom to make them for the first time in her adulthood. And not only did we make traditional pierogies, but I found a gluten-free vegan way to make them. And that's what this image is. We fried them up with onion. They are absolutely delicious. It was really special. I'm hoping that my mom continues making them in honor of her grandmother, who's really special to her, who used to make them herself, her Ukrainian grandmother, all these stories I've heard. It just felt really good to honor that tradition and tap into my roots in a way that I hadn't ever really done. This next image is, which is kind of like flipped on its side, but maybe I'll put this in the blog post due to how special it feels, is the side-by-side -side comparison of my mother's like regular traditional pierogies and then my gluten-free pierogies, which were harder to work with because of the gluten-free flours, but actually ended up tasting really good. And I'm excited to try it again. There's so many different approaches to making them. I had, again, no experience, neither did my mom. We looked up all these recipes and it was really nice to spend time in the kitchen. As you might've heard in some episodes of this podcast, my mom and I, we have a challenging relationship at times, but to really be able to do something like this together, I felt was a nice bonding experience. But I really wanted to do it for her because... I know how much she loves Pitahe. And to be able to make them, I felt like could be really empowering and special. So we'll see if she continues doing it, but maybe the two of us can do it whenever I visit. So more pictures in beautiful Maryland, just the sunset savoring that, the water always just feels really nice. From there, I drove on. My mother was with me in Maryland and then I dropped her off at an airport on the way. 
And I continued my journey by myself after she got in the plane. And I saw these cute cats who I really wanted to show to one of the Beyond Measure members who's not here right now. So I will give a little shout out to them in case they're listening. And then maybe in the future, I can share this with them privately. We have a great private message feature within Beyond Measure. So heads up, if I forget to send this to you, let me know. But this is a stray cat that I saw that I was just really beautiful. I continued on to Black Mountain, which is outside of Asheville, North Carolina, where I also have family. I went to this wonderful restaurant, had this absolutely fabulous gluten-free vegan dish. Do not remember the name of the restaurant off the top of my head. So I will need to find that. Let me see. I use Apple Photos and this exact scenario happens to me quite frequently when I'm sharing because I don't always feel that prepared. I think this place is called Goldfinch. And Black Mountain is a really cute small town outside of Asheville. And I've been there a few times, but never to this restaurant. And my mouth is starting to water just thinking about it. It was that good. Great dessert, beautiful area. I also visited after Asheville. Well, let's see, maybe I'm going in the wrong order, but this photo was taken in Asheville of a sign for this convenience store. Is that the right term for it? Gas station, I guess, might be better. It's called Bucky's. And I don't know if I've ever ever talked about this on the podcast, but over the last few years, my sister and I have had this like inside joke about Bucky's. And when you're driving in certain parts of the country, especially Tennessee and Texas, there are so many signs for Bucky's. And I actually end up going there. Spoiler alert, but I think that comes up later. Did a lot of charging in the electric car, saw all sorts of different cars around the country, which is kind of neat. Like this one had what they call a wrap around it, which means it was custom made. And they had these beautiful like drawings of mountains and trees. And I thought, wow, one day I would love my car to look like that. And then I went to Bucky's. So skipping forward, I stopped briefly outside of Knoxville, Tennessee to see a family member and had lunch. Wasn't anything super memorable food-wise, so I don't have pictures of it. But after I went to Knoxville, I stopped at Bucky's, and that was definitely memorable. It's kind of like a Disney World experience in there. They have this whole, what's the term, like gift shop. They have all this food. They had a life-size Bucky's character walking. I mean, actually, life-size isn't right because Bucky's logo is a beaver. This was bigger than a real beaver. It was a human being dressed up as a beaver at human being size. And I thought that was really funny. They have all sorts of fun candies and foods. And I just like walking around in there and looking at what they have. And it's just kind of a fun experience. Plus, they have really nice bathrooms. So I highly recommend checking out Bucky's if you ever have the opportunity. And if you have been to a Bucky's, I would love to know. Then I went to Nashville for a very short period of time just to stay the night with my wonderful friend, Allison, from the Food Heals podcast. She has been on this podcast. I've been on her podcast. Absolutely amazing person. And we had such a great but very brief time there just hanging out. Evie enjoyed her bed in the guest room. This is Allison's dog, who is so incredibly cute, a really sweet young beagle. Allison's 
loves beagles. And every time I see a beagle, I think of Allison. So her dog, Lily, is such a joy to be around. And it was sad to leave there. But the day after Nashville, I went to the border of Tennessee and Kentucky to the national forest I mentioned earlier called Land Between the Lakes National Recreation Area. It is about 90 minutes northwest of Nashville. And like I said, right on the border between Tennessee and Kentucky. In fact, part of this recreational area is in Kentucky and part of it is in Tennessee. So I was in both states. I went camping with some family members and we drove around. It was really pretty there. We barely scratched the surface. It's a pretty big area. They go camping and hiking there all the time. They did have buffalo or bison is the correct term, actually, which I always love seeing. I saw a number of them on my road trip out to the East Coast, and it was fun to see them again on this trip. They also had elk, so we saw lots of wildlife. And Land Between the Lakes is pretty neat because they have like a special gated off area where they protect some bison and elk, and you can drive through there, and it's kind of like a better version of one of those wildlife parks that feels more like a zoo. This felt like just a protected space that you happen to be able to drive through. And the animals seemed really content there. Hopefully they are. Lots of elk and they were kind of neat. Then we went to, well, I don't even know why I said kind of neat. Elk are very neat. Speaking of neat, we went to this interesting restaurant called The Pond, which is known for lots of non-vegan food including catfish. But my family members wanted to go. One of them is vegetarian, but I guess he eats fish. So pescatarian would be a better terminology. Occasionally eats fish is what he says. But he really wanted to go to this restaurant and it was actually quite cool. It just kind of did everything very casually, family style. And so it just felt like a bunch of local people there, which I thought was really neat. I thought I had pictures somewhere in here, but I don't know where they went. I did have pictures of my food. I got beans. The beans happened to be vegetarian. They were really good beans. I got some grilled vegetables and some French fries. And it was all really good for what it was. So not a super vegan, gluten-free friendly restaurant, but the atmosphere, the service was just so cool to experience. This was this was in the Tennessee or the Kentucky part of the park. It's actually like right outside the park. You had to cross this little river to get to it. But it was just really neat. And I felt like I was experiencing the local culture, which I really appreciated. Like sometimes the food does not have to be good for you to enjoy a restaurant. From there, we went back to our campground, set up a really great bonfire, set up our tents and just like had fun. We roasted some vegan dandies marshmallows, which was really nice. And just like hung around and looked at the stars and talked. And it was really, really special. One of the family members I hadn't seen for many years. So it was great to reconnect. Just like sleep in a tent next to my family members was really neat. You know, I've only done that a few times. And a lot of times I'm camping by myself and it feels kind of lonely. So I enjoyed that experience of just being with people that I cared about and felt safe with. And also, I'm so impressed with this tent that I have. It's called the Ozark five-person SUV tent. And I mentioned how I had a really challenging experience with it. 
I think that's in part one and part two of my road trip out to the East Coast this year, if you're curious about it. But you know what? This tent for like, I think it costs $100. When I bought it, it was probably around $80 a few years ago. It's really impressive for that price point. I'm planning to get a really fancy tent, a much smaller tent at some point, but I just have to give it credit. I also love my sleeping pad. It's called an X-Ped mattress. I have a great sleeping bag from Nemo. It's the Nemo Forte. All of the camping equipment I've been buying has just been really awesome. I've talked about it in a number of episodes. If you ever have questions about camping gear, I'm new to it, but I can still tell you a lot as a newbie. Speaking of which, I have this cool little setup for making coffee, heating up water, just like this cheap little camping stove with a mini, I think it's called an isopropane or I forget what the terminology is, but this tiny little gas canister is attached underneath this little lighter. And in this photo here, it's actually a video. It has like an attachment. Let's see. There you go. So you can attach the top of it, which is not very well represented, but like you pour water into this canister, you use the little tank and then it lights up and heats up your water to boiling point. And in this video, I'm showing how I make coffee with instant coffee. There's this great company called Beanies that I discovered at the Plant-Based World Expo. It's B-E-A-N-I-E-S. And everybody I've shared this instant coffee with has been blown away with by it. I have the caramel popcorn flavor, which sounds really bizarre, but it's so good. It's sugar-free. You can add whatever sweetener to it and you just combine it with water and it's just very surprisingly good. So I shared that with my family members in my lovely, one of my favorite things I've bought for camping is my Yeti mug. I am slowly becoming a big fan of Yeti products along with most people that own a Yeti. They're known for their coolers and they have really good like insulated cups. And the mug that I have from them is like, I cherish that thing. It is so cool. And I got it at this store called Sierra, which I mentioned in another episode, but worth saying again, Sierra is a store you can shop online and they have some locations around the country. It is like my favorite store to go into aside from grocery outlet, <laughs> grocery outlet. Oh, and Bucky's, I guess. So there's a few places <laughs> that I like get so excited to go to. So Bucky's I mentioned, Sierra, I've talked about grocery outlet. I will not get into today, but those three all kind of fall in this category of when I pass by one of these places, I have to go. They're great. And I got my amazing Yeti mug for half price at Sierra. They do not, unfortunately, sell Yeti products on their website for some reason. So sometimes there's stuff you can only find in person. So look up Sierra if you're into outdoor stuff and see if you have one nearby or if it's going to be somewhere you're going because it's a really fun place. So I left Land Between the Lakes at the, the crack, crack of dawn, dawn and, and I started, started one of the two longest days of my road trips. I think I left at like 7.30. It felt like the crack of dawn to me because I had to get up early, but it really wasn't that bad. I have my trusty refrigerator with me, which is also worth a shout out. It's from Set Power. They revamped their refrigerator line recently, 
And I got the newer version, part of warranty. Long story short, my original set power refrigerator, which is like a mini refrigerator that you can use in your car. It's a game changer. And mine started working weirdly. So I contacted their support and they sent me their brand new model. And it's so much better and so great. It's another thing I became really thrilled about on my road trip. So I'm just going to mention that because it's so wonderful for storage. And this video I'm showing right now shows like how jam-packed and messy my car gets. But I keep the set power refrigerator in the front seat of the car. And it's awesome. And this refrigerator is fairly lightweight and you can use it basically anywhere you want as long as you have access to either a regular power outlet or a 12-volt adapter in a car, on a boat, like wherever. That's where I just plug it into my car. The refrigerator works so well, especially the newer model. It kept it at the perfect temperature so I could store plant-based milks and salads and any perishable stuff that I had with me. It's really been a game changer for road trips. I'm not a promoter. They don't pay me to say, none of these companies pay me to say this, but I do use affiliate links. So if you go to wellevator.com, there'll be links to everything. And whenever I can, I will use an affiliate link, which means if you buy something based on my recommendation, I get a small commission. And oftentimes it's like a few dollars, but hey, it adds up. From there, I left early because I drove to Austin, Texas. So I drove all day, I got to Austin, Texas at 10.30 p.m. And I think it was still the same time zone. I think I was still in central time. That's a hard thing. When I'm traveling across the country and going through like four different time zones, it becomes really confusing. But that day, I think it was 7.30 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. central time. So that's 15 hours. That does include me stopping to charge my car, which people always ask what that's like. In the Tesla, that Model 3 that I have, you can go in and program all your stops and it tells you when to stop and charge your car. So meaning stops being, I'm leaving land between the lakes, going to Austin, Texas. You plug in the exact addresses anywhere in between and the car does all this math and tells you where to stop along the way. So it's really simple and I like to do that before the trip, just so I know approximately where I'm, when I'm going to get to places. And it all has worked out really well. It just sometimes takes extra time. On a day like that, I think I had to charge for like 90 minutes. So it was 15 hours total, probably 13-ish hours of driving and 90 minutes to two hours of car charging. Then I was in Austin, Texas with my friend. We had a wonderful, wonderful meal actually many great meals. The one that's on the screen right now is this Mediterranean restaurant. I think it was called ABBA or ABBA, A-B-A. And that's on Congress Street. If you're familiar with Austin, Texas, it was so good. I think they actually have locations outside of Austin too. Very accommodating to vegan and gluten-free. In fact, they had phenomenal gluten-free crackers and all sorts of just like lovely foods, dips and veggie things. So I stayed a few days in Austin with my friend. I feel like we did a number of things that I don't even remember. (laughs) We went out to eat and just hung out with her family. After that, though, we decided to go to this really cool area called Fredericksburg, Texas, which is about 90 minutes outside of Austin. On the way there, we stopped in Johnson City, 
which had this really cool coffee shop that was very vegan friendly, really delicious coffee from this coffee roaster called Greater Goods. And it was just like a really sweet, pretty place with indoor and outdoor seating. And I mean, just all these different customizable drinks. Can't remember if they had any vegan baked goods, but it was just like the perfect place to stop. And I spilled my coffee (laughs) and I actually had to go back in and get a refill because I sat down on this chair or a swing technically and put my coffee cup down and it immediately spilled. So I went back in and they were very kind to give me a free replacement drink. So they won some extra points. Then my friend and I went to a few wineries. So this part of Texas is wine country. And the first place we went to was called Untamed Wine Estates. And it was so cool. Beautiful place. It kind of looked like a church, like a really modern church, the building. And it was on their vineyard, although I think they imported in their grapes. A lot of places in Fredericksburg apparently get their grapes from California. And then they do the wine process there on location. This place was very accommodating to vegans. I will say that not all wine is vegan. I did not happen to check. I go through various phases with my veganism. Sometimes I check like every single ingredient. Sometimes I'm more laid back and I'm in a laid back stage right now. So I did not see or double check that their wine was vegan. And the reason the wine wouldn't be vegan is that sometimes they'll use fish products to filter it which sounds really gross whenever I think about it. But sometimes I just don't check and I'll be completely transparent with it. This is one of those times because I checked their menu and they had vegan food options. That's why we ended up going here. I think all their wine might've been organic. I don't know. So I'll just be transparent about that. But it's Untamed Wine Estates. If you want to check them out, they were so nice. Their wine was lovely. I got some sparkling rosé. They had wonderful pizzas there that they make. They can make gluten-free pizza. It was awesome. Then we got into Fredericksburg Center where Airbnb was. We stayed at this really cute little place that had some nice decoration. I will say that the Airbnbs in Fredericksburg were kind of an interesting experience. We only stayed at one, but I researched so many of them and they were actually quite pricey for what you get. And a lot of them are kind of old places and like They have weird pet policies. This was like one of the only places that felt relatively affordable and didn't charge an arm and a leg for having a pet with you. That was kind of annoying, but it was a lovely enough stay, I would say. We then went to this really neat wine bar in the center of Fredericksburg, which even if you don't stay there is worth visiting, driving through this place. It's just really cute. I passed through it a few times on my road trips and this is the first time I actually stopped and spent some time there. I don't know for certain the name of this wine shop we went to because I don't think the glasses are accurate, but it was this like little shop that sold and poured wine. They didn't just make their own. They had wines from all over and they specialize in having organic wine. It is near the Cuvée Piano Bar, if that is helpful to you. And I will try to find the name. It's not even showing up properly when I zoom into it. But there was like a variety of different stores there and a number of vegan-friendly options. I used the Happy Cow app 
to help me identify places to eat. So if you look on Happy Cow, there is a really cool coffee shop I'm going to tell you about and a really neat restaurant right across the street from this wine bar that were very vegan friendly. So I'll mention that. I just can't remember what this place was called. But it was just like the owner was there. She was really cool and it had a fun vibe. We then went to this restaurant called Hill and Vine, which also had wine. We did not drink any of it. We just went there to get some food and they had some decent salads. It wasn't fantastic, to be honest. The next morning, though, we went to Cafe House and Cafe spelled with a K-A-F-F-E-E, House, H-A-U-S. So very specific spelling. They were extremely vegan and gluten-free friendly, very similar to the Johnson City coffee shop I went to. Both of them served the Greater Goods coffee. Both of them had great staff. They had a gluten-free and vegan oatmeal chocolate chip cookie, which believe it or not, I did not get. I was not in the mood for it. My friend got the vegan zucchini bread, which wasn't gluten-free, but I tried some anyways, and it was really good. Great coffee, cute little place. And that was directly across the street from the wine bar I mentioned, if you are curious. So I had a pretty brief trip in Fredericksburg, but it was really lovely. So let's see. No, this wasn't my last day on the road, which is why I just took a sigh. And because from here, I drove only like five or six hours, which is a short day for me to get to my final camping slash RV park. So technically it was an RV park, but I camped in my car because I don't have an RV yet. Maybe one day. This place is called Saddleback Mountain RV Park. And it was really great. It was kind of in the middle of nowhere off of Interstate 10. But I read the reviews. People were raving about this place. It just felt like a safe place to stay the night. But it also was only $20, which is really affordable for a place where you get full RV hookups. If you have an electric car, some of these RV places will allow you to charge your car there. And I called them up ahead of time. They had no problem with it. I talked about in part one of my road trip to the East Coast this year, the very first place I went was an RV park that was really weird about me having an electric car in some ways. Go back if you want to listen to that episode and hear more about it. But that like made me nervous to go to RV parks. I was afraid I would arrive again and they would kind of turn me away. This place was like, sure, go ahead. They didn't care. The woman on the phone literally... I told her that I had an electric car and asked if that was okay to charge there. And she like laughed at me, but like maybe not at me. She was just laughing at the question. And she said, do whatever you want to do. I was like, okay. So I went and I plugged in and it was great. And I set up all my stuff. This is a picture. I have a little privacy pop-up tent where I can change my clothes. I also will sometimes turn that into like a porta potty because at this RV park, there were no bathrooms. Like you had to bring all your own stuff. Some RV parks have toilets and showers and whatever else you need. This one did not. So I set up my bathroom on my own. I've talked a lot about that a number of times, but if you haven't listened to those episodes, one of my favorite products is called the Carloo, C-A-R-L-O-O. And it's designed for, I guess, really anyone. Kids can use it. I think men could use it, but it might be a little awkward. Depends on your anatomy, let's just say, how you use it. It's designed with the female anatomy in mind. And I absolutely love that thing. It is so great in a variety of different situations. 
I also have this fold up toilet that you can basically construct to be about the same height as a regular toilet. And you put biodegradable bags in there, biodegradable powder. So you can use the bathroom and it helps degrade all of your fluids and matter that come out of your body. And you can just toss it into a regular trash can at a place like an RV park. So that is something I always carry with me in case of a situation like this. I have a variety of other things I've talked about many times, but that's one of my go-to setups. And this park was really cool. It had like really nice designs with rocks and trees and cacti and all these other cool plants. And for $20, it was great. It was quiet, felt safe. People often think I'm crazy for doing stuff like this on my own, but I had a great time there. I even like set up my Jackery, which is a portable charging station for electronics. So they have all these different models. And I just have a pretty basic one that I can use to charge my computer or some other things that are a little harder to charge in my car. And I took that Jackery, set it up next to a chair. And I sat in that chair and worked remotely at this RV park outside amongst the cacti. And I just had such a great time. So if you're ever wondering like how I do it, a lot of people are curious, like, how do you travel for three months? Like, no, I don't have three months of savings to cover me. I work at all of these different charging stops and campgrounds and Airbnbs. Like I just bring all my stuff with me and make it work. So this RV park was also kind of cute because there were stray cats there that were really sweet. I actually want to take one home. I try to take all these pictures and videos of them, but sadly, none of them seemed interested in coming home with me. Oh, and here, actually, I was wondering, I knew I had some footage. I I set up like a light on one of the trees. (laughs) So let's see if I go back here. This will not be in the blog post. This is in the video only, but I set up this light and I like basically lit the cactus and by lit, meaning like with the lighting stick that I had. And I just thought it was really fun how I set up everything. And that was my last night on the road. The next day, this is where that deep breath comes into play. The deep breath, mostly because it was, I think the longest road trip I have, like the longest day of a road trip I've ever done. It was 18 hours long, but it actually was delightful even though the photo that is on the screen right now is of my cracked windshield. I actually took a picture of the cracked windshield because I got used to this. The crack started months ago. I talked about it in part one or two of the road trip episodes. And I started taking pictures of it because I actually like don't want to replace my windshield for a little while. I was really worried about it and thought that it was going to be such a bummer. But it ended up not being a problem and it ended up just feeling like part of the experience. So I have a number of photos of it. I think also my photos have stalled out and my computer is having a hard time. But you know what? I'm just going to paint the story and share the rest of the photo in the blog post for anyone who wants to see that stuff and give my computer a little bit of a break. That's one thing I'm figuring out. Like similar to that actually break, how perfect the windshield broke. My computer, you know, it's getting up there. It's over five years old. It's still hanging in there, but it struggles. And I've been debating whether or not I want to spend the money to get a brand new one. We'll see. 
with all the things that I do online and working remotely, it kind of makes sense. But environmentally and financially, it's a big decision to make. And I like saving my money for these trips. So the summary for my last day on the road, I woke up at that RV park. It was pitch dark out. I had to start before the sun rose, which was interesting. It was also raining. So that was fun. Packing up my car, my tiny, I mean, the Model 3 is not a big car. It's a small sedan. And I fit three months worth of camping gear and clothes and all sorts of stuff in there. And I have gotten it down to a science, but that doesn't make it easy. So to pack up that car in the rain at 5.30 in the morning when it's dark out was a challenge, but I did it and I didn't change out of my clothes. I wore my pajamas the whole day and my pajamas were sweatpants and like a t-shirt, but I just couldn't be bothered to change my clothes. And I just got in the car and drove and the rain passed and I started to see the sun come out. It was beautiful. And I just drove from Texas, which was where that RV park was like through this area called Van Horn. So if you look on a map, that was kind of near where the park was. And then I drove through El Paso along the Mexican border. And from there, let's see, where else did I pass through? Gosh, I don't even know. I started going through New Mexico. Yeah, that's right after El Paso, you go through parts of New Mexico, then to Arizona. I passed kind of close to Phoenix, but I went south of Phoenix to avoid any traffic. It was a Thursday night and the traffic was starting to build up. So I went to like this random part of Arizona I've never been to that was absolutely beautiful. Could not tell you the name off the top of my head, but it's just directly south of Phoenix. And I was driving through this road as the sun was setting on my final day of the road trip, just feeling so grateful. I had tons of energy. I had gratitude. I had just like a positive spirit for that final day, which was so wonderful and made the driving easier. And then I entered into California and I can't recall anything happening that really was of much note besides a, enjoying the sunrise and the sunset. I listened to audiobooks and music. I was listening to Taylor Swift's newish album, 1989 Taylor's version. Got really into that album, I have to say. I'm not a super big Taylor Swift fan, but I do appreciate her music. And sometimes when I'm on road trips, I'll listen to an album over and over again. And hers was one of them on that final day. But I also listened to a ton of audiobooks. I've mentioned Rest is Resistance. Listen to that. I listened to one called Recovery. I made it through a lot of books on that 18-hour drive. I know there were a few others. I was listening to books about empathy and rest and recovery. I mean, there was some themes there of lots of healing. I listened to Britney Spears' audiobook. That was really great, but I think that was earlier in my travels. If you're ever curious about audiobooks, I mostly listen to nonfiction, but I did listen to a little bit of Lessons in Chemistry, which is a TV show and a book. And I've been watching them simultaneously and really enjoying that story. So always happy to talk and hear your favorite audiobooks, books to read, or if you ever want to hear mine, I can share a list or something. But I will put links to that in the notes for this episode, along with any other products I mentioned, locations I went to. You can find it all at wellevator.com. And then I got back to LA. So I think I arrived like around 10, 30, 11. 
It's pretty late. I stopped at grocery outlet on the way. My final charging stop was outside of Palm Springs. And there was a grocery outlet there near the Tesla charger. And I was so excited because that was the first grocery outlet I'd been to in months. I miss that store so much. So I went in there and shopped. I think as my car was charging, maybe not. I might have split it up. Then I went back to LA and passed out and tried to catch up on sleep over the next few days because that was a really exhausting final push. But I did it. It was so wonderful. I've been integrating back into Los Angeles for about a week now. And it's kind of interesting to do these big trips, which spend a lot of time on my own or me and Evie, my dog. I spend time with friends and family. I spend time seeing all different parts of the country. And sometimes coming back is hard. But so far, it's been really smooth. I feel happy back here. And I'm just kind of noticing what it's like to get back to the swing of things, be back in the place that I spend most of the year. So that's my story. I hope you enjoyed it. As I mentioned, there is so much more to share from the past, all these road trips I've been on. If you enjoy them, there's lots of stories in the past and hopefully a lot more to come in the future. And in addition to asking you about books, I would love to hear your own story. So the best place to share with me, since I am barely ever on social media, is in the Beyond Measure community. Like I said, it's free to join. I know joining a new platform can sometimes feel like a burden, but it's so wonderful. It's not just about me and you, but it's about the whole community there. The Beyond Measure members are incredible people. And thank you to those of you who stayed and listened to the stories that I shared live today. I appreciate your presence, your comments in the chat. We played a fun activity together as a group. We do that at least once a month. I really try to find ways to connect with everyone. And it feels so much more nourishing and enriching than social media. I've actually started to phase out so much of social media in my life personally and professionally. And it's felt really good. Maybe at the end of the year, I can give more of a recap given the time period that it's been. And all of that. So if you're ever curious about things like that, you can either ask me directly, privately. If Beyond Measure is not the place that you want to be, you can email me. It takes me a little while to get back to emails though. I'll just give you a heads up there. Ironically, I am working on making more clips for social media, mostly to share episode clips from when guests show up on the show. That happens every other episode right now. I'm still figuring out the schedule and the rhythm and what I want to do in 2024. But you may see some clips on social and it might seem a little odd. Those pop up. That's the most I want to do these days if I go back to posting on social media. But anyways, even when I post there, I probably will not be active in comments or direct messages and social because it's just not a place I want to spend my time. I want to spend my time in Beyond Measure. I want to spend my time recording these episodes And I want to do as much as I can to respond to the emails that I get. So I hope to hear from you in some capacity. But if I don't, thank you so much for listening. Please check out the resources at wellevator.com. It's just the podcast episodes right now. There's really nothing else out there at the moment. But maybe in the future, there will be more. Who knows what the future holds. But thank you for being here with me in the present, reflecting back on the past. And I'll be back with another episode with a special guest very soon. Stay tuned. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for being here with me and I'll see you next time. Bye. 
Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.